Fellas, 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 welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. The Suns played the Houston Rockets tonight and won 109-103 to 103 in a game that kind of felt eerily similar to other games that we've witnessed in which they have a big lead and they gave it up and then they thankfully pulled this one out. So I am joined as per usual by my partner in crime, that's Mr. Matthew Litsey. How how you doing, man? What a what a fun night, dude! I'm doing great. You know, I was thinking, Suns are gonna lose this game, right? They or else they couldn't lose this game. Either way, I am so in the dark right now, but we're gonna deal with it. Lighting is never gonna be a thing for my podcast side of things. I don't know why, but um, anyways, yeah. Good Your background victory. looks great, but why don't we see you? <laughs> One thing at a time. <laughs> One thing at a time, guys. Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. This was it was a close one. I was like, there's no way they can lose this game. They almost did, but thank God, you know, they they pulled this one out. And this is the first time, dude, John disappeared, but this is the first time I'm actually gonna say it. Aiden was dominating. That was like that's the first time I've ever said that. So and <laughs> well, he deserves I mean, it tonight. In in every way, shape, and form, he dominated this game. And it's definitely something that we're gonna get into as we talk about a fun son's victory. Of uh, following, you know, kind of another heart attack, and yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it's never comfortable. Uh, only the Pelicans game, if you think about it, only the Pelicans game this season was a comfortable win. We know how to get up big, and then we know how to kind of give up those leads. So these exactly. are some of the things that we're going to talk about on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Welcome to everybody who's watching us live. Thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Suns Jam, and you can follow us on TikTok there as well. Uh, if you're watching via YouTube, make sure you should yeah, you hit the subscribe button and you smash that like button. Thumbs up help algorithms. Thumbs down don't. So don't hit the thumbs down. First button. thumbs down last week. Very sad we, day for us. I think that was game. credited to Devin Booker's performance. I think somebody I just think gave so. us a, a thumb down because <laughs> of his performance. <laughs> make sure if you are listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network that you subscribe, rate, and review. And that's where you're going to get all of your favorite Phoenix Suns content. Make sure you stop by brightsideofthesun.com. And yes. we will have a new segment tonight that is the Jamsters React segment. So if you'd like right to come on. on the show and give your reaction to the game and or ask a question, simply DM us via Twitter right now at Suns Jam, and we'll send you a link to join. You looking forward to that, Matthew? I am. The question is going to be, how come Matthew can't grow facial hair? I already know that. So No, no I'm one cares about your facial hair. They want to know why you're in the dark and you're off to the side so much. That's what they want to know. <laughs> adjustments i got 10 seconds ready <laughs> set oh wait we gotta pop one open dude I actually yeah you ready actually yeah let me let me get what are you drinking head. it's a fat tire good man no white cloth yeah. for you tonight i got a no. scottsdale blonde by huss brewing pop them if you got them sons fans and let's talk about a son's victory So the Phoenix Suns, after a disappointing loss on the road in Memphis on Martin Luther King Day, come to Houston and take on a new look Rockets. This is a team yeah. that is totally different than anything that we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing 
uh, a plethora of three balls and ISO ball. Normally when you play Houston, it's a boring game because you're just sitting there watching James Harden. None mm-hmm. of those guys were here and it's, it's a new look team. So what, yes. what's your initial thought as you take a look at that team and what do you think of their city edition uniforms? They weren't bad, actually. Um, they're not as bad as I thought they would be. We saw them before. I think they were playing Sacramento Kings one night, and I was I was getting confused because I thought they were Sacramento the whole time because Sacramento does the same thing with their jerseys. But it's fine, man. I, I cannot complain. I think it actually looks better than if you were to show me a picture of them. But they look better on the jer- on the actual men themselves and the men on the court running around. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does to me because that's the only way it looks good. But um, that team itself, it's it's a little bit of a question mark, you know, what they're going to do in the future. John Wall, of course, you know, he's hurt now, so you got to be worried about that. DeMarcus Cousins, he, he's not the same guy, but he's on the court. He's been healthy for about six or seven games this year, so that's pretty cool. But um, there is a time where tonight I was like, this team doesn't know what to do on the court, being the Houston Rockets. They really lost themselves a little bit, a little bit what I expected. And but they turned things around a little bit and were kind of scary in the end. But I mean, what did you think about the Houston Rockets actually seeing them going up against the Suns? Well, it's interesting when you look at the construction of their roster because they're survivalists at this point. This is a season that is not going to plan. Obviously, when the season began, you have James Harden, you have Russell Westbrook, and you're trying to run it back. You might have lost in the second round of the playoffs last year in five games. But you have two All-NBA players, and as a Houston fan, you probably were like, okay, let's just run it back. You know, Maybe there'll be some more normalcy to the season. There's no bubble. There's no James Harden coming late to the bubble and, and Russell Westbrook catching COVID prior to the bubble. So you probably had high hopes. And then the drama began. And then it was Russell Westbrook wanted out of there, and Harden was very blatant and deliberate in his specifications yep. to where exactly he wanted to go. So... As you look at all that and you see all the guys who have left, you kind of take a look at this team. Four guys on the Houston Rockets were there last year. Four guys. That's it. So you really don't know what to expect. You know that uh, John Wall's out. Victor Oladipo had a a solid game uh, in his first game back against or his first game as a Houston Rocket on Monday when they played the Bulls, but it was an inefficient game. And you know that. This is going to be a team that is going to let Oladipo shoot at will, go crazy, uh, put up as many points as he wants and as many shots as he wants. And then you look at kind of Christian Wood being the free agent signing and uh, Robert Covington being the guy who left. So you just really didn't know what necessarily to to think of this team. Um, they come out. They look sweet in those uniforms. I do like them. I do agree with you. They do have a little Kings baby blue look to them. Uh, yeah, and but they do look better on the court than they do kind of in the pictures. Because uh, in the pictures, I wasn't really a big fan of them. But the, but then you see them standing next to the Suns and our Valley jerseys. It's <laughs> just so much better. So much better. So yeah, yeah. Our, I mean, these jerseys up here are just—they're sick. Oh and, yeah, they, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say yeah, we're ten out of ten. They're about maybe a seven out of ten. But yeah, we go up against anybody, we look way better, dude. That black, everything about it is just perfect. And that, you know, quick side note, I was thinking, I'm like, how are they going to change these things next year? Like, they'll probably be purple. That's just kind of my my guess. But any, but anyways, cool. the, the game begins, and you know, you're going against a team who you don't necessarily know how they're going to attack, and then you realize, much akin to a lot of other teams, they attack the interior. The the, yes. the I mean, they're just another one of those teams. Their first what 16 points 
uh, their, their first 16 of 25 points came at the rim. It felt like a layup line. That's what I noticed. Did you notice that as well? Yeah, it was actually 26 out of the first 31 points. It was crazy. I saw your little tweet, so I kept I kept track too after that because I was like, yeah, they are scoring a ton, and I, I don't know how to find the stat. And of course, <clears throat> ew, that was disgusting. And of course, John puts, John puts it up for me, and that you know it's easy as ever working with John. So I just I found that quickly, and I just followed it. I'm like, okay. Now they 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 were having their their time down low, but a lot of it wasn't really Aiden. A lot of it was just switches. A lot of it was basically the guards getting to the to the rim. It was Old Depot. It was Gordon. They were doing what they wanted really in the beginning. But the Suns actually held their own. I mean, Aiden. We'll talk about them later on the Aiden watch. But five blocks. They really held their own later on. And then that's when Houston kind of got it going down from three. But yeah, that's something I definitely noticed, dude. And I think that Houston did a good job of like kind of attacking the suns at certain moments you know you kind of thought they would give up you kind of thought that they would like kind of tone it down a little bit on defense but they never did and it started with them just getting to the getting to the rim doing what they wanted to do in the paint so good for them huh well and i I just think it's interesting that our perimeter this i've I've talked about this before but when you have deandre Ayton behind you you're going to take some risks on defense and you saw chris paul and devin booker doing that early there were some high screens that were setting up the guards in an attack mode for houston but the the suns weren't necessarily fighting through those screens as as hard as they normally should or would because they know if they get beat one don't go waste fouls in the first quarter in the first half trying to fight through screens we've seen the suns do that it's not a pretty picture it's a choppy play it takes everybody out of rhythm uh, but but if yeah if Bridges you know if, if he's fighting through a screen he just kind of let it go because he knew that Da was on the backside yeah. now granted Da didn't start off super aggressive on the interior because he wasn't going to waste his fouls either I thought that that's something that was very valuable because yes. the Suns you look at the way that their offense started with Cam Johnson in the second game coming out and being a part of that starting five they had a different approach themselves they were coming out they had the quick inbounds. It's one thing I noticed right off the bat. They were quick inbounds, Booker's chasing down blocks. There was a sense of urgency to the offense that we haven't necessarily seen so far. We know that this is a team that plays with a very slow pace, the second slowest pace in the National Basketball Association. And it felt like the adjustment Monty made was, we're going to put Cam in there, we're going to add a little athleticism, and we're just going to play with a little sense of urgency in that first quarter. Did, Did you notice that as well? Actually, you know what? Cam, to me, he still seems a little bit lost. He was kind of just back to his old ways from what I could see of him just standing by the three-point line. Um, he he was very hesitant on a lot of plays. It seemed like if he wanted to take it to the hole or not, he would just settle for the three a few times. I think he went, what would he go with, like one of one of three or what was he? Oh no, two of seven for the whole game, but didn't really, yeah. he really didn't make anything till the second quarter or second half. So to me, I was thinking, I'm like, so is this what's going to happen? Is Cam's going to come in feel kind of like you know out of place and then now we have to worry about maybe replacing him again with jay crowder which i don't want to keep switching it i mean it's monty's team but i don't want to keep switching these guys in and out you know if they're not doing well but i just that's why i want to keep cam on the bench but i did see him myself i did see him just not really fitting in that was just me and also mikhail bridges too because i feel like they're just the same player and i said this last podcast it's nice to stagger them so when they're together they're kind of running into each other a few times. To me, that's what I was seeing on offense, and I just would like them to kind of break up the minutes between them two. But, I mean, you obviously didn't see the same thing, right? Well, no, not necessarily. Uh, you know, Cam did have a choppy start, and you have to think, you know, what, what's his purpose? 
his purpose is to spread the floor and assist a little bit on defense. And I think really him and Jay Crowder are interchangeable players at this point. Jay is a little bit slower. Uh, the, the advantage of Cam is if fast breaks occur, he's obviously going to yeah. have the ability to get down there, get there quick, uh, and what, either dunk at home like we saw in the second half or just spread the floor and, and you know make that uh, that uh, the defense be honest in those situations. So yeah. you know that adjustment by the Suns, uh, led to essentially a very dominant first quarter and half by DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. And I think that that's the keys. You look at yep. how they performed in that first half, and they had, uh, was it 12 points for Devin Booker? You yep. had DeAndre Ayton had 10. Chris Paul had 13. I mean, you're, you want your big three to perform, and they acted accordingly tonight. They sure did. And I think Booker was really getting to the rim early. I think he had like three layups in a row. Yeah, three layups that really kind of led to um, – I'm sorry, it was kind of staggered in there with a three. But he was getting to the rim, something that he needed to do just to get himself going. And I think that when he hit the first layup, it led to a three. Then he missed another three. That was a long three. Not really his shot anymore, you know, where he just like – he's a little bit further back. And he just – he shoots it even with the hand in his face. And there's no need for that really anymore for Book, I don't think. But he did do that. But just getting to the rim in the first quarter – was fantastic man i just second quarter of course didn't score any points he was kind of absent in that quarter but even chris paul himself got all his points in the first half so and it was the second quarter for chris paul he had zero points in the first quarter and the second quarter he came out and he goes listen i see boogie cousins on me i'm going to use the high screen and roll and see what i can create boogie's dropping down on ayton because ayton is that threat so he just starts popping mid-range threes. He had three consecutive yeah. possessions where he's popping that mid-range three, and it just it looked oh so sweet, and it just reminded you of the effectiveness of Chris Paul. We're not getting the Chris Paul this season where he's driving hard to the basket and trying to put it up off the rim and get the end one. That's something we might see come playoff time. You're not going to see it in game 13 of the season because it takes a toll on your body physically. Look at James Harden. That's how he makes a living. And come every playoff time, he's gassed because he's been taking a beating all year long. So you see a lot of these numbers for Chris Paul that are down, and there's a conscious decision behind that. He's going to try that high screen roll. He's going to try to find those opportunities to get the ball to Aiton. And if those opportunities aren't there, he's going to try to pop a midi or he's going to pass out of it, but he's not going to drive hard to the rim. Houston gift wrapped him the the mid range and and I thought yeah. of a nickname tonight Matthew. What Tell me it? what you think of this. Okay, you got Devin Booker, you got Chris Paul. All right, what do you know about the Chicago Bears? They're the monsters of the midway, right? Yeah, I think so. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, monsters of the mid range. No, oh, that's pretty good. No, actually, I like that because that's what I want Booker to stick to. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they are definitely. I think when Chris Paul though he has it going, I think he made three in a row on Demarcus Cousins on that little switch he had. I mean, he knew he can beat him off of it, and you like to see that from him too. He even hit a three two this game where I was like kind of amazed. I forgot he even shot the three. You know, that's something that I was like I coming into the season I was really excited for his three point ability. Never really showed it yet, but he'll probably get more of that going. I think. But yeah, I love that, dude. I think that Booker and CP should just own that. And then you also have DA in there too. But well, and and so much it, it really hurts defense. Now I get it. You know, people aren't in love with the mid-range shot. It's not technically a, a, an effective shot. It's not an efficient yeah. shot. But when you have Chris Paul and Dev Booker, it is an effective and efficient shot. So I think that having them pull the trigger from the mid-range does nothing but open up opportunities for DeAndre Ayton and open up the outside shooters as well. Uh, Blaze Megatron in the chat, he says, I'd much rather see Booker jack up 10 three-point attempts. How do you feel about that? Because I know that 
I think it's something that if he starts jacking up 10 through point attempts, mm-hmm. rather than taking some of the wild offhanded, you know, kind of runners, we might see a little bit more point production. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, that hasn't really been his game in a while. If he were to shoot 10 three-pointers and just make three of them, then we would think of Luka Doncic or something like that, you know, just jacking them up at will until he gets in rhythm. I don't think the team right now can afford that. I think maybe down the line when Chris Paul and Devin Booker actually get their stuff together for a full game. I mean, Chris Paul, did, he, I mean, he had the four assists this game. But for me, I was kind of thinking a lot of the time during the game, I was like, does Chris Paul, can he dribble the ball like in traffic? Can he actually throw it between his legs here and there without dribbling it out of bounds or something. I mean, he didn't do that this game, but he yeah, I was about to say Chris, Chris Paul looked amazing dribbling in, in the paint and in tough Today? situations. I felt something. Yeah. He, one of those oh, mid range really? shots. I mean, he was navigating the middle of the court and had the ability to pop a, a mid range shot. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Three, when he went three for three, he looked really good, but there's just a lot of times where I'm like, I just don't know what he's doing or what he's trying to get at. And that's probably just me. I'll probably get a lot of crap for that. But I'm just like, this isn't the Chris Paul. I know by the end of the year, I'm going to love him. I think there's a lot that he can do to improve this team and improve himself. He's just not there yet. And um, it's not like it's going to cost us a game or anything. It's just like a little bit more. I expect him to have a little bit better of a handle on the ball. But uh, Blaze says, if Crowder gets 10, why not book? And then Buck Dog, another loyal listener, says, in Blaze's defense, uh, that comment was in response to Crowder going two for 10 tonight. <laughs> You know, that's Crowder's yeah. role on this team is he's going to be the guy who's, who gets open in the corner and is going to take those shots. And he hits four of 10. It's a completely different story, obviously. 40% is a lot better than 20%. And again, that's kind of the recipe for disaster sometimes with the Suns, which we'll get to here in a little bit, is how they yeah. let teams back in. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up to everybody is a reminder. Uh, we had an Abdel Nader sighting tonight. Yes, we did. Abdel yes, Nader, did. up to this point, had played a total of like three minutes with the team. Uh, in the in the blowout loss to the Wizards, he went two for two from the free throw line, and he finally had some minutes. What were your initial thoughts of the Tornado? You know, I don't really have any thoughts yet because I don't know what to expect from him. But obviously, Mon- Monty believes in him, and I mean, we need him right now with people out of the lineup. So we need to see what he can bring. I mean, he was kind of a little bit lost a little bit there on defense sometimes. I mean, he gave up that the three point shot. He fouled the guy, you know, and then three points i mean that that happens to a lot of players so i don't really want to point that out that's kind of stupid of me but i think that he he kind of belongs on the second unit of course but he i mean he had that dunk which was nice to have he's a little bit longer than he thought i didn't think he was gonna get that dunk off but he did it was a perfectly uh he drove down the baseline and he was longer than i remember him being but there's not really any expectation what did you think when he came out on the floor were you surprised to see him out there well not necessarily. I knew Dario was going to be out for this game. I know that we had some troubles in the previous game with Frank Kaminsky, and we just needed a little bit more assistance on the wings. I didn't really yeah. know technically what to expect from the fourth-year guy from Egypt, but I knew that this would be something fun to see because at that point, we were winning the game. I'm like, okay, yeah, throw some minutes Nader's way. Let's see how he plays. And yeah, he did have kind of a bad foul. He also had the one play where he finally got his to his uh, first points as a Phoenix Sun. It was an and one that was reviewed. Poor guy just trying to score a field goal for the Suns, and he's he's Dude, the, go through the whole review process. The review has to go right. I mean, I mean, the Suns finally got one overturned, but that never happens for the Suns. And honestly, it just it takes too long. Either have a simpler process or get rid of it, dude. I'm sick of seeing it. It throws it throws any momentum out the window. I always going feel on. like anything review based 
like baseball has, is the closest to having it right because they don't make the call. They walk over, they put on the headset, and then somebody in New York goes uh, out or safe. Yeah. It needs to be the same in football and basketball, in my opinion. You have a third official located in the arena or in New York. I don't give a shit. I mean, I could do it from my house. And I could sit there, and in two seconds, I can watch the replay and be like, uh, by the way, it's out on uh, number 15, and uh, there'll be no free throws. And it's that simple, but they I was they watched it. It's, I, I don't get it. I don't get why that is kind of the the end-all, be-all for refereeing because it's a momentum killer. It's a time killer. And that's kind of one of those things that yeah. uh, play against the Suns is when those momentum swift, uh, swings happen. And a great example yeah. of that is I'll transition to the, the third quarter. Okay, The Suns start the third looking fantastic. Okay, They come out. They have an 11-3 run to start the quarter. Uh, and it's in a plethora of different ways. It, it was truly the Suns unit the first team unit meshing well. You had an eight and dunk. You had a couple mid-range shots by Booker. You had a fast break led by Mikael Bridges to Cam Johnson for a dunk. They come out, and then Houston calls the timeout, and then you kind of get that momentum swift or change because the Suns do what they do, unfortunately. It's that kind of recipe and that formula that's been the same to blow leads this year. It's the other team hits a couple of threes and it starts attacking the basket and the Suns just start having Jay Crowder shoot threes in the corner and they have those one-and-done possessions and next thing you know, after the Suns started the third quarter 11-3, and they were outscored 15-28 to and a 20-point lead was trimmed to seventh entering the fourth. And it was just, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's got to be someone on the bench that goes, listen, take it to the fucking basket, right? Yeah, there has to be some kind of recipe, right? I mean, but it has to be just the NBA. I mean, I watch other teams. This just happens. It's like these teams just get so comfortable that they think, you know, we're, we're cruising right now. Not that we're going to blow them out, but we can sustain this lead, play half-ass defense. We can just take these random threes. We can do whatever we want on offense, and we'll be okay. I mean, the Suns aren't the only team that does this. Of course, they're going to say they learn from it, but the next game, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. I just think this is an NBA thing. I think it's just teams getting comfortable. I think it's worldwide, even in the European League. I see this all the time. And and, and I get it. With, and, and I know that Eddie Johnson mentions it on all the broadcasts. The NBA with the 24-second shot clock, you're never truly out of it. But I feel like there's ways to negate that. If you have a lead and the Suns, the, the way that they play, at the pace that they play, slow it down, run some pick and rolls, and, and attack the basket. Get the other team in foul trouble. You can do things like that. And I really feel like it's an opportunity for the Suns to negate that run and and essentially hold a lead, draw yeah. that lead out. Instead of miss three ball, boom. Miss three ball, <laughs> fast break dunk. Miss three ball and one at the other end. So I think that it's just, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for them. And they just haven't executed yet. Yeah, they almost lost the lead at the end of the third. They kind of finished strong. Like I think they were back up by ten, and I was like, okay, just end the end of third quarter there. But then they it came back down to seven. But I'm like, they were ending the quarter strong. The fourth quarter, of course, was a little bit more difficult. But the second and third quarter, I thought they were a little bit better towards the end. I know the middle of the third they kind of let loose, but they closed this quarter strong. Strong, I thought. Yeah, I I agree there. And then obviously the fourth quarter starts. And that is when we get into one of uh, my favorite little segments. And you know what that is. Overwatch 2021. Oh, DeAndre Ayton. What a game this guy had. From the start to the finish, he had an amazing game. And when the Suns needed him, the Suns were down to a four-point lead 
and it was DeAndre Ayton time. He starts grabbing rebounds. He starts blocking shots. He starts dunking the ball. He starts doing all these things that people have been pining for, <laughs> praying for. What were your thoughts on DA, especially in that fourth quarter? Oh, man, John, I haven't smiled this big in a long time watching him, dude. He even started when he – oh, man. when he Just his – you know how cute he is, DeAndre Ayton? He shot two threes that were twos. And he had the other one in the fourth quarter, but he just didn't care. No one cared because he was just shooting it. He just looked like he belonged on the court today. And I think that that's something we need to see is just him belonging in this offense to where I was just, I was all smiles. And he had that block on Boogie. He had five blocks tonight. That one block on Boogie got me smiling because yes. basically he was, what I thought really this whole game, I was like, I think Aiden might be a little bit more intimidated at Cousins. I know Cousins can't move laterally, but he's a bigger body in the middle. And he seemed to struggle a little bit more with him in the first half. But the second half, it wasn't that is- that big of an issue. I thought he did good against Wood, but he mm-hmm. took it to Boogie. And then Boogie tried to take it against him. It No chance, dude. Aiden stood tall today, dude. And it's one of my things that, you know, I was the the writer for the Bright Side of the Sun who covered this game. I did the preview, and then I had to – it's why we're a little bit late because I had to finish up the uh, the recap, which you can find on brightsideofthesun.com. And it was one of the my keys to the game kind of coming in. It's like, listen, if, if Aiton can beat Wood tonight, if he can do what he did defensively, it'd be fantastic. Offensively, yeah. it'd be a bonus. And he, he brought it, he brought the wood to wood today, 26 points, 17 rebounds, six of those offensive 11 for 15 from the field, four for four from the free throw line and five fucking blocks. And the great thing, this is <laughs> negative five on the plus minus. So there, that goes to show you the plus minus doesn't mean shit. Had had a monster of a game, twenty six and seventeen. Is is that good enough yeah. for you, Suns fans? Dude, that, that's beautiful, right? And I think there was one question I want to ask you too, because you know Booker took over this game in the end, and there was a foul that was called uh, for him where he kind of just lost the ball, and they called it a foul, whatever. But it's like, would Aiden want the ball in that situation? I know you're not going to try to force it to him, but you set up plays and give him the ball if he's really dominating. And I was just thinking, I'm like, can DA, maybe I'll get too ahead of myself. Could he like take the stardom away from Booker? I know it's just been two really, really good games in a row. But if it gets to the point where this is consistent and he's dunking, like that's what you need in a superstar, right? Is this. And it's, you think that might get in Booker's head a little bit? I don't want to stir anything up. No, I I hope it does because Booker, we, we we haven't talked about Booker and I'm sure we will here in a bit. But I think that if your teammate starts playing well, it's not a competition with these guys. It's a collaboration. And I think if Aiton starts doing what he's doing, it takes a little bit more pressure off of Booker, and he yeah. can start to be a little bit more of a free throw, free, free flower. That's hard to say. Free flower on offense. <laughs> I think one of the issues he has right now is he's trying too hard to distribute the ball, and unfortunately, yeah. he starts to turn it over a little bit too much. You know, he had six turnovers again tonight, all of them coming in the first half but that's because he's trying to play make with the ball instead of trying to be Booker. If you have DeAndre Ayton down there, just going to town, just dominating everybody he can. Now it kind of frees you up a little bit because you know, you have a backup plan. Maybe you're going to take a couple more of those shots because you know that Ayton's there to put him back. And that was huge at the end of the game. What closed out this game was Devin Booker on uh, with a layup and a draw foul. But before that, when the Suns were what up two points, it was DeAndre yeah. getting an offensive board off a of Booker miss and then taking the ball back up and then getting the free throws and then getting a defensive rebound on the other side to negate a secondary possession for the Rockets. All this equates to a win, and it all comes down to good old DA. 
It does. And it comes down to Booker like going over three in the last five minutes of the game. And then he just keeps shooting and he keeps trying to find a way to score the ball. And it just, it just got me wondering, I'm like, is that just him trying to get in the flow of the season again? Is he just like, I got to win this game because of the last game I probably didn't get any sleep after EJ said he probably didn't sleep at all. Cause that was the worst game he ever played. He's like, I need this. And I think the Suns, the, the team gave it to him. The team would let him have it, of course, being Devin Booker, which is good. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I don't think there'll ever be any conflict. I think that there's something that these two can build on, Booker and Aiton. I mean, this is this is the Aiton that Booker wanted from his rookie season. It just takes time, dude, for this big man. And I'm not going to say this is anything false. This is, I think this is going to continue. I think he's going to play this way as long as the Suns like you said on Twitter, play on TNT, ESPN, NBA TV. <laughs> he'll be yeah. he'll be bringing it every night, I'm, right? I'm, I'm telling you, national TV Aiton is a completely different player because yes, he, he had what eight and five two games ago on Fox Sports Arizona. He goes on national TV and says back to back monster games. The first one was eighteen and sixteen. That's a good game. Putting up twenty six and seventeen on national TV. Like they're talking about him nationally now. They're Especially now they're looking at him. Yeah, especially against Wood, who is a darling of the NBA. Everybody yeah. likes him and, and thinks that he's a, a young, up-and-coming star. So uh, definitely a monster performance by, by DA. Love seeing that. And and now you just want to see the consistency. You know, what happened in year three for Devin Booker? He would have great monster games, and then he'd have some of those Valley games. You know, yes. it's peaks and valleys. Let's hope that DA starts to sustain this and really shows us night in and night out that he can bring it. Because I'll tell you what. Every time he does anything, the whole fucking bench goes nuts. The whole team goes nuts. And I think that's kind of, you know, it's like Pavlov's theory. He enjoys seeing that. So he's like, oh, if I dunk, everyone goes ha- gets happy. I'm going to try for it again. Yeah, and he that one-handed alley-oop too, that was insane. The one, was, I don't know who threw it up to him. I don't remember because I was Chris out Paul. After it was Chris Paul. Was it Chris Paul? With the alley-oop. Yeah, it was beautiful, baby. All right, so it is time for a new segment on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, let's let's run the video. Jamsters react. Is that Shannon Shannon Ray, <laughs> Shannon Ray Lissy, huh? No, that's uh, Shannon Ray Voida. Oh my bad! Sorry, yes, took her from me. So, <laughs> so this is our Jamsters React segment. This is where we have some of our loyal Jamster listeners on the pod to discuss kind of their point of view. Uh, you can ask us a question or just give you, us your reaction to the game. If you're interested in joining the show, you can simply DM us via Twitter at Suns Jam, and we'll send you a link to join. And joining us is uh, our loyal listener, Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing tonight? Hey, brother? what's up, man? What's up, fellas? How are you? Uh, yeah, you got a beer? Oh, got cracking to. It open? Oh, got to. Oh, man. Right. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <clears throat> so what are your thoughts on the game, Aaron? Uh, I mean, I have a whole book here full of notes that I was taking preparing for this. <laughs> I read them off. What do you got? I think uh, first thing that stands out was first four or five possessions of the game. They're just trying to feed the big man. That's uh, what, that's whether what it like was entry right? passes or lobs or. I'm sorry. That's what you like to see, right? Oh, you love to see it. Build that confidence. It's all we got to get from him. Yeah, especially after the last game. Last game, he had a career high in touches, I think. So, obviously, that's success for Aiden. And they continue with it, which I'm a little bit surprised, but it was beautiful, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, my question would be, do you guys think 
Johnson is better off the bench? Oh, I think you know my answer. Uh, yes. <laughs> what, what do you think, John? Interchangeable? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I like Cam Johnson in the starting five. I Jay Crowder, though, unfortunately, isn't really meshing with the second team, but it's only two yeah. games into the into this experiment. And and I think the reason I like Johnson coming off of or, or being a member of the first team is the success we had in the bubble with those rotations. Essentially, what we've done is we've subbed Ricky Rubio for Chris Paul, which is an upgrade. And now you have those same guys out there. And I, I just feel with Mikhail Bridges, with Cameron Johnson, these guys like to play together. They have that camaraderie that Jay Crowder just hasn't necessarily built with them. So you bring that into a starting unit. I'm really interested yeah. to see what those numbers are now. I know that the net rating prior to this with the, the Crowder lineup was negative 6.5 uh, points per 100 possessions. And in, through one game, it was negative 4.2. So maybe after tonight, uh, you know, we'll see kind of what the, the net rating is. So any other good questions deal, or deal. comments you got for us, Aaron? Uh, another thing I noticed is it was nice to see Devin attacking the rim to start the game. Yes. But how many times do we see Aiton set a screen and then Book tries to pass and that shit gets tipped like every time? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. There's something to do. Booker, he has a hard time. And Chris Paul has been doing the same thing where he just won't throw the ball over, even though Aiden has a wide open lane to the hoop. But there's just something where Booker tries to make that pass. He's not a good, even at a double team, he still kind of struggles a little bit. You kind of saw it towards the end of the game tonight. He didn't turn the ball over, of course, but he just has a hard time with that. I don't know. He's not sh- short armed, but he's just NBA wise. I feel like his arms are just a little bit shorter than they need to be. It for seems like he fades over. away too. He does, yeah. So I don't know his angle. I would hate to be in that situation ever, being, <laughs> you know. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, I gotta agree with, with Matthew on that. I just I think that he wants to be a playmaker, and it's always been kind of that argument. You know, point book is it really a good thing or is it not a good thing? It's it's a good thing in little spurts, but he still doesn't have the angles necessarily down when he's trying to do entry passes to Aiden. He just he just can't get it done. He hasn't been able to do it in three years, right? So I mean, I don't know exactly. why we think it would automatically start happening now. Exactly, dude. All right, we got time for one more question. What do you got for us, Aaron? One more question. Oh, man. One more question. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, one quote after Monty Williams, after the Memphis game, was stepping up on defense. We had to stop their, their 30-point quarters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys noticed, they had one 30-point quarter. It was the third quarter. They scored 31. And then they turned around and scored the game low 21 in the fourth. Yeah, you ha- you have to absolutely love that. that. Absolutely have to love that. The Suns coming into this game are were really poor in the first quarter and the fourth quarter themselves. I think they were 26th in the league in first quarter points and 27th or 8th in fourth quarter points. But to to your point Aaron, the defense is something that needed to step up and that was DA. That was the okay. DA impact. In that fourth quarter, I mean, his blocks he ended with five. I think three of them happened in the fourth quarter. And and two- I don't know if you guys heard him. His last block, he said, "Give me that shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that's wild the, out there, though. It wasn't, love. it wasn't really fake, too. You can see it on his face. Like he's, oh yeah, he's kind of annoyed. Like Joel Embiid this year is playing pissed, and I think the last two games, Da is just playing pissed, and he looks legit. Like something happened. I don't know what happened. Maybe they said the F four. Somebody, uh, <laughs> who knows? Somebody posted that they think he was been on Sun's Twitter on a burner account and just reading all these bad tweets about him. Oh. I, 
I hope that's it. what it was. I, I yeah. hope that, you know, <laughs> whatever it was, <laughs> if it helped, I'll keep doing yeah. it. <laughs> Amen. So, Aaron, we appreciate you hanging yeah, out with you. a little bit. Thank you for being yeah. a loyal jamster. You're always rocking with us. So, uh, go Suns. We'll have you on the show again sometime, my friend. Yeah. See you good night. All right. Take care. Cheers. Again, that's jamster reacts. I'll, I'm going to do the drop again, just because I just think it's great. Jamsters react. Interested so in joining you. us on the show, please just reach out to us via Twitter at Suns Jam. Uh, once the podcast starts, you can DM us and we'll go ahead and we'll send you a link to the show. You can join us and give us your thoughts. If you have any questions, we're ready and willing to talk Suns with you. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about doing the, the Suns Jam session podcast is we can talk to our Jamsters, bring you on, and we yeah. can have these discussions. So. Yeah, so far no penises, so we'll see. We're one, for, we're one for one so far. <laughs> and 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 then shout out to everyone in the chat. You know, Coda Kid, Deuces yeah. Aaron, Buck Dog. I mean, it's nothing but a loving community. You know, win or lose, we are always here to talk about those yep. Phoenix Suns. All right, the next thing I want to talk about with the team is uh, what Aaron had mentioned a little bit. Um, is is kind of the entry passes, the the way that we move the ball you know again 25 assists on this game on 42 made field goals holding the opposition to 17 assists which is kind of in their uh their repertoire they're not really known as a passing team and 11 blocks i mean so you have the ability to move the ball on one side and you have the ability to stop the ball on the other side this game shouldn't have been as close as it was right yeah you wouldn't think so man but i don't know how there's just there's these little eclipses basically during the game where the suns just they find themselves in a rut like all of a sudden they'll be up 20 all of a sudden it's so close again and a lot of it's turnovers too and i think i don't know if you noticed though but all the turnovers came from the starters today which were 17 and those entry passes were tough but there's a lot of them that should have been thrown to da and they're still not thrown to him like he could have had 30 points easy tonight and i just think there's an issue with them just not reading the defense right whenever that switch happens whenever da sets the pick and runs just toss the ball up to him that has to happen more i feel like they're just they're just getting complacent on offense they're just chucking stuff up there they're just playing their own game booker does it sometimes where he gets excited we have the lead and then he's going to throw some random stuff up there and it just it never works out for him for some reason when the suns have the lead and booker wants to take control and like you know, help out with the lead and increase it. He just has a hard time getting to his spots and just playing the way that they did like to get into that situation. So there's just something weird, but it's every NBA team, man. It goes well, this. but but one question with Booker, and I was thinking about this tonight is, you know, he, he's trying to get into the offensive flow of a game and don't get me wrong. I mean, Devin Booker, uh, a, a great game for him. He ended with 24 yeah. points, second highest scorer on the, team on 18 shots 10 of 18 so that's efficient that's what you want three for four from the free throw line only one for four from downtown uh the five rebounds only two assists the six turnovers and the five fouls i think are the things that really kind of uh reach out to us and that's one thing i wanted yeah. to ask you about was the fouls he gets a lot of ticky tack fouls called on him he now does. is that the yeah. way that he plays i mean is he one of those guys he's always running with his hands up kind of mm -hmm. humping guys as they're walking by i guess in the yeah. eyes of the ref because when you go back and one of the challenges was on just that was him being blown by a guy and being called for a foul as the guy just kind of ran by him. So what I mean, happened? He was he, what by a guy? He was blown, sure. blown by a guy. <laughs> ah, you got guy me on that one. A guy, blew, a guy blew by him on the court. 
and he got called for foul. Now it was reversed, but I think that those kind of things take him out of the game and make him start to force the issue in other areas. Again, 26 points. So we're not complaining about Booker. No, we're not. But I know that, but we all know he can play better. Yeah, it's, it's him and Paul. They both can play better. They're like the missing pieces basically to have this be a blowout. You know, I wanted it to be a blowout so you can write your stuff and we can do the pod, yes. you know, just predict it in the end. But it should have been. And I think just Paul and Booker are the missing pieces. And what campaign, if it wasn't for Aiden, would be, well, we didn't do the award yet. But campaign played really well with the starters, too. And he can really hold his own on the bench. And he doesn't turn the ball over. He finds the correct passes. He's just, I'm not saying he's doing better than Paul at all. I, I'm not saying that. It's just, there's well, the a certain. my life to you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, but I'm I'm not saying that. But from the eye test from tonight, especially, there's just when Paul brings the ball up, I just don't know what he's trying to do on the offense. I don't, I don't know well, what's I, going on with. I that. just I just think it's a lack of consistency because you look at that first that first half, right? Yeah. And primarily that second quarter, as I mentioned, he scored 13 points in the second quarter. I mean, he the mid range shot, he was having a great time uh, taking mm-hmm. advantage of the defense, and he ended the first half with 13 points and two assists. He ended the game with 13 points and four assists. So he only had two assists in the second half uh, and, and played, you know, 16, 17 more minutes. So yeah. his effectiveness was ultimately lost. Now, granted, he only had one turnover in the second half, but he he's just not being as effective and consistent. Whereas you mentioned, you know, Cameron Payne, who had another great game. I mean, his uh, his first half was fantastic in 12 yeah. minutes at eight points and five assists. And his his second half, he came out and he had you know ten more minutes, uh, only two points and no assists. So it just yeah. goes to show you that how did the Suns lose the lead? Well, their playmakers stopped making plays, and Devin Booker was left trying to to do some things, and he wasn't doing it either. So again, the things that were that are so effective for the Suns in that second quarter, it started very well in the third quarter again 11 three run to start that third quarter and then it just dissipated then they became it's the crowder shooting three sh- uh show it's the one and done show it's the poor defense it's letting them attack the rim and get and ones and fouls and things of that nature that slow down the pace of the game and they just stop playmaking i mean th- this team yeah. we, sh- we should have blown them out by 20 we had them by 20 and we just stopped passing the ball and trying to force force the issue yeah, they just I like I said the whole team gets excited. I think Booker just leads that. He they they think it's over. And and I think that they have to get over that. They have to keep continuing to play the same way they're playing. And not just Jack shuts off. Just because you guys are up 20, you might think you're a little bit hot. You know, you might think that you can knock down anything. Just continue within the offense. I think that's something that Monty will have to continue to push into this team. It's going to happen. I really think it is, especially yes. when you're missing players through a weird season. You have to find the minutes that are just sporadic. You don't know who the hell all these different lineups are on the court. They're just so random right now. So I think they're still just trying to figure that out, especially going into the fourth quarter. It's just the lineups are kind of a little bit crazy right now, I think, especially not having like Chris Paul and Devin Booker on the floor with five minutes left. Tonight, Booker was there, but Chris Paul wasn't. Yeah. Even though I just think campaign's a way better all-star than Chris Paul. So... And where's Langston Galloway? <laughs> oh my God, Did he, is he sick? He, I don't know. He didn't play. I mean, he wasn't a scratch for health and safety protocols. But I didn't think so either. Yeah, I don't. He know. hasn't played. He. It was a thing that happened. I guess in the Memphis game, he came out. He had a solid first half, as per usual. He didn't get any playing time after that, and we haven't seen him in this game. 
Uh, instead, we get Abdel Nader, who played a little bit of the two, I guess, or maybe the three at times. I mean, it was kind of there's like know, you said, yeah, I don't know what funky, funky lineups out there tonight. So mm -hmm. uh, Carlos Miramon in the chat, he's watching via Facebook. He says Paul's age shows up a lot. You have to admit this isn't the same Chris Paul from last year. Uh, am I not telling the truth? And I'll say it's kind of similar to last year and the fact that he didn't play a lot of minutes last year and he was sporadic. Chris Paul was really good at closing games last year. His clutch factor was the best in the league. And I think that that's one thing that kind of failed us in our last game. But as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I mean, he, you're not going to get the same Chris Paul. He's old. He's not going to go to the basket. What I'm hoping is he just continues to make plays throughout the game. He could, he could, he's third in the league right now in assists. If they, if he focused on just assisting the ball and feeding guys around him and they knock down those shots, he'll be fine. It's just the fact that he only had two assists and zero points in the second half is a contributing factor to us blowing the lead. Yeah, and all those reasons. I mean, the clutch, the assist, this is why we have them, you know? I mean, Ricky Rubio was certain in the, in the league and assist too last year too. So I'm just saying, I don't think that's ever going to be brought up, but I think if this team is really inconsistent, Paul's just not, you know, being the Paul we thought he would be, even though we know he is older. But if I don't trust him, me personally, I don't really trust him right now having the ball late. I just don't. The dribble, for some reason, is just off. I know he lost in a big game with the Houston Rockets, lost the game because he dribbled the ball off of his knee or something, and that always comes down to haunt me. It's like, I hope that doesn't happen, you know, something like that. So that's what I look out for. He gets a little creative with the ball, but his handles aren't there yet. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. All right. It's that time of the podcast. <laughs> Jam star of the game. If you're watching along with us, let us know in the chat who you think the jam star of the game is. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to go first this time because I always ask you. You I'm go first ever, whenever you want. Seriously, I, I feel I'm, bad always going first. I'm like, an ever polite podcast host, but we're co-hosts and that's what we do. Good cohesiveness because you know what? I don't care, but I'm going to go first on this one. DeAndre Big Balls motherfucking Aiton had a monster <laughs> game that we've all been waiting for. I'm one of those eight and apologists. I have been for years. I've just said, give the guy time, give the guy time. And we still need to give him time. This isn't the answer to the problem. This is part of the solution is what you're seeing on a nightly basis. These past two nights on Deandre, Aiden. he's starting to figure it out. He's going to continue to get better. He's 22 years old. This is game. What? 121, 122. It's so exciting to see him. There's a reason I have a Deandre Ayton Jersey up behind me. I love this guy. I love seeing a dominant center with athleticism. I love that he took two three-pointers that ended up being two-pointers, and he made them Cute. both. Cute. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's adorable. I fucking love it, man. I mean, what a game on national yeah. television. He came out. He showed out. And he should. That's the key. These last two games, you're supposed to do that, DA. When you're going against teams that have depleted front lines, like the Rockets and the Memphis Grizzlies did, mm -hmm. you should have these performances. And yes. he did. So maybe for a couple days, everyone on Sun's Twitter can just relax. And I, I want to say, is it pick on Chris Paul time because he didn't have any points and he only had two assists in the second half? I don't know. Stop picking on people, Sun's Twitter. Let's be happy. We're eight and five, and Aiton went ape shit tonight. Yeah, I mean, he gave everybody what they wanted. He, of course, he's my jam star. The first half, I did I did scribble down a name, a campaign. I was very excited about him in the first half. He was really leading the team and getting things together on the offensive end, but you have to give it to DA, man. I mean, we talked about it earlier at Aiden Watch. There's absolutely nothing he did wrong tonight. He is just, where are the fouls gone? The fouls that we always worried about tonight. DeAndre Aiden with only three personal fouls. 
Like it's something it. I thought we would never get over with, with Aiden. I thought it would be a season long lasting thing. It's like, now we got to get a backup center, you know, that's going to play half his minutes, but no, those are gone. And he's just very efficient. He's doing everything that we thought he would do. The, the dream that we thought that we actually dreamt of Deandre Aiden dunking, destroying the rim and just feeling sorry for the opponent. That was him tonight. So he's the jam star. It was, it was beautiful, and a lot of our Jamsters in the chat agree with you. You have Diego Perez watching via YouTube. Remember, everybody, hit the thumbs up. He says, Aiden was dunking them Oreos tonight. Iverson Vlogs gives it to DA. Coda Kid, it's DeAndre. Yeah. You know, uh, Vincent Stefanelli watching via Facebook, it's DA. It is. Ma- made an AZ. Chris Paul is here to get in Aiden's ass. <laughs> and you know what? He's doing it. Raymond Gonzalez, it. DA equals Jam Star. Blaze Megatron, so so DA all day, mugshot game and DA no question, and Coda Kid agrees, running up his campaign. Um, oh, so so you. again, uh, <laughs> you know w- what a game. That's what you want to see from your from your first round pick. So mm-hmm. great job by DeAndre Ayton. Next up for the Phoenix Suns is Denver on Friday at eight p.m., which means. That's Mountain Standard Time for those of you who live in Arizona. If you don't, do the math, figure it out. That's what it is. Know that we'll go live right after the game. Uh, Matthew, are you covering this game for Brightside? Nope, I am not. Good. So we'll go live right afterwards because neither am I. I, I don't not think I have February. one for quite some time. I don't have I'm just happy. February. I've covered four games, and I'm two and two now. Two and two, okay. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm two. Maybe I've covered five games, and if so, I'm three and two. But I know the two losses I covered – Detroit game and the Wizards yeah. game. So uh, it was nice to get this one under the belt, but it was uh, it felt eerily similar. Um, but 8 p.m. on Friday, again, again, another nationally televised game. What do you expect from Aiden? Oh, it's gonna, well, he loves Denver, dude. I mean, he dominates Denver. He dominates Jokic every time he plays them. So I expect nothing less. I mean, if he's a little bit, of course, if he is a little bit less than what he showed tonight, I'm fine. Just him being effort, the effort being effort, just the effort he puts on the court. If it doesn't, if it doesn't like amount to 26 points, 17 rebounds, I'm fine with it. Him just being the way he was tonight and not getting the points and rebounds, that's fine with me. I don't care. I think he is going to dominate, though, against Denver. And Denver is one of those teams. Jokic is playing like an MVP, my pick for MVP this year. But they're a little bit shorthanded. Jamal Murray, not really there yet. I mean, we're still looking for him. But Jokic, he can, he can screw you in the end with his stupid shots or a stupid pass. <laughs> Well, you look at the Denver Nuggets, and they're seven and seven, uh, ninth seed currently in the West. And yeah, they've had kind of an up and down season. They've had uh, not a lot of production out of anyone not named Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray is averaging nineteen point two points a game, uh, but we know that he and he's and by the way, he's not doing it yeah. very efficiently. Um, he's doing on like sixteen shots a game, but we know that he's a Suns killer. And if we put him in a situation late in the game, it doesn't matter if he's having the shittiest season ever. Jamal Murray will show up. Uh, but I think that you're right. DeAndre Ayton thrives whenever he plays against the Denver Nuggets, and this is actually going to be the first team or the first game of a back to back against them on consecutive nights. Very similar to how uh, the Suns played the Kings uh, earlier in the season yeah. when it, when it was a weekend back to back. That's what we're going to get against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it on national television again. Uh, another opportunity for the Suns to kind of display to the country, anybody who's up at that point, essentially, um, that they do want to uh, see who the Suns are and what they're about. 
if you look at DA, there's only one team that he averages more more points per game against, and that is the Chicago Bulls, which he's only played three games against. In in five games against Denver, he's he averages 22 and 13. Man, I mean that is somebody who comes to play. Now, now again, I think you hit on a very valuable point though. It's all about effort with DA. If he doesn't come out and have a 22 and, and 15 or, or 26 and 17, or if he just has a, an effort game, a game where he's doing a lot of the technically right things and we get a victory, applaud that. That's what you want from this guy. He doesn't need to go out every game and go for 26 and 17. Would we all like that? Absolutely. But it's all about his effort. It's those games like the Washington game where he was just kind of lackadaisical, lazily passing the ball, lazily running up and down the court, not trying on defense. Those are the games that frustrate you. Those are the games that make you go on social media and and just you know post things that are like, come on, man, get your head out your ass. But if he has the effort there against Denver, that's what I want to see. And going against Nikola Jokic, there is no better test. There's one thing you can I noticed from Aiden. It starts from the tip. Of, of the ball tipping giggity, up in the air giggity. yeah it, start, it starts from that because honestly <laughs> he has that look in his eye or just that flow in his body when he runs up and down the court to where you can see it's going to be a pretty decent game from him so it starts early and that's what starts it if he is he's scratching his head and stuff like this then well we know it's going to be on national tv and he likes that throw it down. <laughs> he likes that so throw it down da have have yourself a game it's going to be uh you know, and Denver's, you know, they're a formidable opponent. I mean, it, again, it's a conference game, a team that we've beat already. We beat them on New Year's Day by three points. I believe it was 106 to 103. So yeah. it's, it's, God, the fact that I can remember some of these things amazes me. Um, but it's, it's a game that we should win, but you got to go out and perform, you know, mm-hmm. take no, take no nights off in the NBA. How do you remember stuff, dude? I cannot remember anything. It's gone. <laughs> Uh, and I'm only 32. Still, tra- still trap up here. Still trap up here. Man, I remember it. All right. What else do we got to talk about on this beautiful? What day is what it? Thursday. Is it Thursday it's, night? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, kudos to you. I didn't get one besides that this entire podcast. So you're getting better at negating your besides that. I was so um, close twice, and I held <laughs> my own. All right. And and we really so appreciate. We really appreciate. Aaron being on the podcast again, if you're interested awesome. in joining us, Jamsters, we love talking to you. Come on here. Tell us what you think. You know, all you need is an iPhone and we'll send you a link and you can, you can video. And if you don't want a video, it, it's got audio options too. I just I really getting arrested or whatever's going on. Just, just we want to see you live. Yeah. Ha- have the cop hold it and, you know, ask us a couple questions. We'll take care of you there. So, um, anything else you got to throw out there before we depart for this evening? Cause it is 1106 PM. Wow. Time flies when you're talking sons. Yeah, no, nothing. Just look up. If this is, um, you know, one of my soap operas, look out for the DA and Aiden, uh, feud in the, in the future between who wants to be superstars. Nah, that's not going to happen. I, I'm telling you, man, it's not competition. It's collaboration. That's the we're beauty now. of this team. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not talking like two years from now when, you know what? When that's going to happen is when the season's over and DA's had a monster year and he wants the max. That's when that's yeah. going to happen. Because yeah. all of a sudden it'll become about money, and money drives a stake through everybody. It breaks up all kinds of relationships. But for now, Aiton's motivated by Booker and and CP3 and Mikael Bridges and Camp Johnson, all of his boys, all the Valley boys. You know, all of his fellow. Fellas. What up, fellas? You know, he's he's motivated by his fellas, man. 
And it's yeah. it just it's making him a better player, and it's just nice to see that. And uh, it sucks it's so late, but I'm, we're going to button this up, and then I'm going to go watch Sports Center because you know they're going to have them some eight and highlights because he dominated yeah. that fourth. Oh, he, probably just, the inter- he probably got the interview, right? Yeah, after I don't know. I don't. I don't see these things anymore. We go live yeah. right afterwards. I know. We don't. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, all right. So again, thank you to all the jamsters who decided to hang out with us on this Wednesday evening following a Suns win. We truly appreciate it. Remember that you can subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handle is at Suns Jam. You you can subscribe on YouTube. Just make sure that you smash the like button as well. If you click the little bell, it gives the notification when we go live, which is after every Suns game. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review via the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network if you are listening to this podcast. And you can read both Matthew and my uh, work on brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Matthew Lizzie. Fellas, great win tonight. Let's win one on Friday. I'm out. Fellas, go home and love your fellas. Oh, amen.